What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Sales Cast Podcast. Jed, can you pick up your phone? Ring, 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 ring. <laughs> Hello. Who's in charge of sales development here? That would be me. <laughs> oh, great. So I'm talking to the right person. Uh, we help automate sequences and make sure you guys book more meetings. Again, would you be the right person to talk to about that, Jed? We're talking uh, about cold calling today, folks. <laughs> well, hey, no I had to try my best. But yeah, we're talking about cold calling, best practices, ways to open up phone calls, which are not just, hey, I know this is a cold call. Can I get 30 seconds to explain why I'm calling? Because that's tired. That's old. And I hate it. I'm not continuing on the conversation if I get one of those. So Jed, you're a master at this. What's your input on actual cold calls and how to open them up? Yeah. I, I, so I think the first thing you have to recognize too, and it may seem obvious, but nobody wants to be cold called. And I think the biggest thing is like making that clear in your actions. And so what I mean by that is like being brief, getting right to the point, not asking too many questions. And a lot of people coach on like not asking for the meeting too quick. I, I disagree. Like, I just want you to be honest and tell me why you're calling me. And so the best cold callers are the people who are just really brief, right to the point, And then let me talk, like, give me space to talk. So honestly, however you want to open, like for me, the way I like to open my calls is with whatever personalization I have on them. So I'll say like, Hey Luke, this is Jed over at Mailshake. I noticed X, Y, Z. I noticed you're hiring SDRs. I saw you just got promoted to the SDR manager role. Um, did you see the email I sent you or does the name ring a bell? Um, that that's typically how I open it. Right. And then I'll give a quick pitch and make my ask. And I get tons of cold calls. And my issue is that people pitch for way too long they don't ask or they they ask too many questions and they don't respect my time and i think the, the best way you can have success on cold calls is respect the other person's time um but yeah what, what are your thoughts on that type of opener do you have a formula for how you structure your cold call i do yeah so basically like when i'm coaching my sdr team we kind of think about it in terms of stages so like the first stage is your opener the second stage is your pitch the third stage is discovery and the fourth stage is closing for the meeting. Mm. And so when we're coaching on cold calls, like the biggest thing we're looking at is like, where are all your calls ending up on? Are all your calls getting hung up on the opener? You obviously need to work on your tone and what you say. Are all your calls ending on the on, on closing? You, you probably need to work on closing for the meeting better, that sort of thing. But yeah, that's, that's the framework or stages for our cold calls. Okay. That's interesting because what's worked really well for me on the phones is the Justin Michael route, route and multiply method. Yeah. So on the initial call, like when I asked, Hey Jed, who's in charge of sales development, you can make this apply to any role you're cold calling into who's yeah. in charge of X. You want to make sure you're getting the right person or you're getting directed to the right person. Once they confirm that they're the right person, you ruin them with like a spotlight question. Hey, Jed, did you know that the average SaaS startup wastes about 500K in burn that they could be saving if they had access to the right type of discounts? You're trying to open up something they don't know about or, hey, spotlight a question. And you can multiply the value after that of what your solution does. We unlock access to not only 500K in discounts, but help you unlock new partnerships, track how much value you bring in, yada, yada, yada. And you tie that into, I think, what was your fourth phase, asking for a meeting. You got any time on Tuesday at 3 or 3.30 so I can show you how it works? 
and yeah. you're going for a quick ask, and that can be less than 45 seconds, that entire call. Yeah, and honestly, I love that because that takes it to the extreme what I talked about earlier, which is respecting the other person's time. Because the higher you go up the ladder, the more nobody has time for cold calls. And I think what's being taught and pushed so much now is like, oh, you need to like earn the right. You need to ask all these discovery questions. Like you're really just in there to like catch some curiosity or find a pain point. And then you move, and then you just transition that. You just need to build enough impulse to get a meeting. Um, and kind of what goes along with that too is that if you kind of take that approach of asking too many questions, you run the risk of like, you only get what, let's, let's say five to 10 connects in a day of never really asking for the meeting. Maybe you only ask for the meeting once or twice because you had to ask all these questions. Um, yeah, but with yours, you're going, you're going straight for it. You know what I mean? Probably every single time you, you get on a cold call and this thing up on you, you get to ask for the meeting. Exactly. And it's like uh, batting average. You're probably going to hit 300 in cold calling. You're probably going to hit a hundred. Yeah. If I'm being honest. So you better have more at bats and more asks. That's the only way you can increase the number of conversions you're going to get is by putting more volume into there. And that's connections and phone calls, not just dials. So I don't know if that worked for you. One thing I did want to get your opinion on is this opener. Hey, Jed, I'm calling to set up a 15-minute appointment next Tuesday. You got your calendar open in front of you? How does that land? I think it can fall really flat if you're inexperienced. But if you're like a pro cold caller, I think it would be great because what's going to happen? I mean, they're going to say, actually, what might happen, I feel like, is if you were a good job, if you did a good job of like sending a bunch of emails and prospecting on LinkedIn, they might actually be familiar with you. But I think what's probably going to happen is they're going to say, well, wait, what do you guys do? Mm. And then you started a conversation and they're almost inviting you to pitch. But I do like that. Have you heard? Is that something you've heard somebody use or did you come up with that on the spot? No, I've heard some people use this. I never liked it when I was an SDR because I fell into the phase of trying to do discovery on a cold call. I want to ask yeah. questions. I want to be a sales rep. I want to do all this fun stuff. Book the meeting. Just yeah. book them by any means necessary. So I haven't used that particular one, but I've seen it used and it can work because people, they take orders. Yeah, I got my calendar up. Tuesday, 3, 3.30. Yeah, that works. And it has booked meetings. It's not my personal style, but I've seen it work. Yeah, I like... I guess what I would recommend people do if you're struggling on cold calls is like take it to the the farthest extreme you can. Like that's obviously the the case of like as extreme as possible and then dial it back to whatever feels most comfortable. But but push yourself to like ask for more meetings because that is really the game of cold calling. Um, and it's getting tough, man. Like connect rates are much lower, especially with my SDR team. When we were at Panadoc three years ago, connect rates were 15, whatever percent, 20 percent almost. Um, now it's, it's tough to get like 5% connect rates. Like it's, it's tough right here. So you really have to make the most of each, each connect you, you get. Absolutely. And that leads to another question is how many times do you ask for a meeting on a call? Before like hanging up before letting them go. Or they hang up on you. How many, how, how many can you fit in? I always, so when I was in my heyday as an SDR, um, making a hundred cold calls in an attic, I, I always had my rule of, of three, three asks before they hang up or get three no's. Um, now you have to get fancy with it, right? You know, you can't just say like, ask for the meeting. They say, no, ask again. You know, you have to handle the objection and then frame it. Like, well, how about we do 15 minutes in two weeks instead? And you kind of keep pushing that, but um, it's just a funnel, right? Like maybe, maybe 90% of people will say no to the first ask. 
but then out of that 90%, you know, maybe 70% say no to the next. And it's just a funnel, right? So if you always make it a practice, um, yeah, it was always like three no's before you hang up. Uh, did yeah. you ever have any kind of ask framework like that? Absolutely. It was the three strike rule. If you get three no's and you've been creative and you've been, you kept pushing, you've been persistent and you still get no's, that's telling you something. Might not be the right fit. However, there are times when people just throw their hands up and go, fine. Yeah. Tuesday works, night, you guys got one shot. Give it a go. And then you have your chance to actually land the meeting. So that's worked well for me in the past. Um, the other thing I will note is make sure you have your pitch and your spotlight question ready. Yeah. You know what your customers use and how they benefit from your software. And you know things that the people you're cold calling don't know. You're in the position of power. When they pick up, they're inviting you in to actually give that pitch and maybe share a new insight, which they can take with them. People don't like necessarily to see data on cold calls or hear data. They want an insight, a new way of looking at things, an idea that they can catch on to. It's very Wolf of Wall Street, but it actually does work. It's so true. And I love what you said, too. Like, you're in a position of power. I think that's huge, right? Because you're the one who studies your product like 40 plus hours a week. You're the one who's like researching case studies. Like, you know all the information, right? Like, when you were at Panadoc, um, at least I hope you were an expert on building proposals and, and proposal software and e-signature software. And so it's like, you should have that confidence. And that helped me a lot as a new SDR in terms of having confidence. Like I know what this stuff you don't and you have to have real conviction in your product. Um, but the other thing you said that I want to like double tap on as well is like uh, you, your pitch and opener and like spotlight questions should pretty much just be the same every time. And you should work on optimizing that until it basically sounds perfect. And that's one of the biggest issues too, is that like people will cold call and they're kind of just going off the cuff. And it's like, you really, like we said earlier, you only have so many opportunities. So you do have to optimize those to the best of your ability. Yep. And the nice advantage of working in tech is you have a monitor there. You can yeah. have it all written out. Hey, Jed, who's in charge of X? Yeah. Did you know that this problem happens? Uh, are you free later this week to check it out? Yeah. It can be as simple as that, and you insert your company's value props and the problem you solve. The other thing I want to ask you about is, has your cold calling experience translated into any other roles or skills that you've held? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, yeah, I would say just in all areas of life, like not to give a super <laughs> generic answer, but like the thing about, so um, when you're about to cold call, you have to, it's like, it's like jumping into the pool, you know, like when it's like you're jumping into a cold pool, it's like you just have to jump in. And there's that part of your brain when you cold call that you don't you think about things less. You know what I mean? You just kind of like take that risk. Like you 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 do the thing, you you think you, you don't overthink as much. And so not to give like maybe a basic example, but just like I guess a little bit more specific of an answer, like now that I manage SDR teams, like there are tough conversations you need to have. Like there, there will come times where you need to jump on a one-on-one -on -one and you need to give them tough advice. And I've never been the type of person who wants to give, you know, tough feedback to advice or, you know, sometimes you have to put people on, uh, in, you know, performance improvement plans and like those sort of things are tough. But again, like cold calling gives you thick skin to where you can know like, hey, this is what's best for that person. And I just need to do this. Um, and it kind of reduces a lot of, day-to-day -day anxiety in my life, in my opinion. But what about you? Would you say a similar answer? 
Well, this is all very philosophical, it sounds like, from your side. These are things that could help you around your business sure. world. But as an AE, having the huge advantage of logging thousands of dials and calls and conversations as an SDR directly translate into your ability to make sure your pipeline keeps moving forward and dollars keep coming in. That was my big advantage is whenever somebody else on our team would get an email response from a prospect somewhere during the sales cycle, they'd email them back. I see an email land in my inbox. I realize, oh, they're thinking about me. I'm already dialing. That's the bigger thing. They're going to pick up and you get to have a real conversation, uncover real objections and help the prospect move forward to getting the solution they need and realizing value direct correlation between that experience of cold calling, which is so much harder than calling somebody you've already talked to in a sales pipeline process, which leads to more close one dollars. So that's a direct correlation. If you guys are wondering how this can help you, not just today, but three, four, five years down the road, that experience is invaluable. At least it has been for me. Yeah. I mean, what percentage of account executives would you say have that kind of call first mentality? Cause I catch myself all the time. Like I always have to remind myself like, no, just call like, but what, how often do you think, or like in your experience? Yeah. Like how many reps do you think have that kind of call first mentality versus like emailing back? One, 2%. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. Like if you look at the top reps on LinkedIn, the top reps, who are at your company, my guess is the one who's in President's Club and on top of the board is the one who's on the phone the most. Not necessarily Zooms, but on the phone talking to people because you can pick up things that you can't pick up that are hidden over email. Yeah. No, that's huge. One last thing I do want to add on the topic of cold calling before we move on. Um, I had to get this out there. One thing that hardly ever happens, like I get cold called a lot because um, you know, I manage SDRs and we have a cold call company as well. Like we sell a dialing software. Uh, but one thing I hardly ever get asked is um, like for referrals, right? So I'll have good conversations with people all the time, but it sometimes is not a fit. And I think one of the easiest things people could do if you're looking at me specifically is say like, hey, Jed, like all good. I, I see it's not a fit, but I see you used to work for PandaDoc. Would it make sense to reach out to anybody there? Or is there anybody you could put me in touch with? I think that's the easiest ask of all time. If you just had a good conversation with the prospect or you went for your three no's and you struck out. Um, and it happens like one in 10 times. And I have one of my SDRs, Dasanka. She's been doing that on every single call where she'll have conversations where it's just simply not a fit. But she'll say, hey, like, you know, everyone's changing jobs now. So she'll say, hey, I saw you at your last company. Would it make sense to reach out to them? She almost always gets the referral. And it's like, obviously, those are way better people to go after. But um, I don't know. Is that something you ever um, did as an STR, Luke, or kind of going for the referrals? I think it's another thing you can do to differentiate yourself. And how many extra meetings has she booked since you started doing that? I don't have quantifiable numbers, but I know she's booked several like in the last month, like at least two or three where she's got really solid referrals that that lead to to, to book meetings. Yep. If I'm sitting as an SDR and I'm cold calling Jed, well, that's still a cold call. But if I'm cold calling Max and I say, hey, Jed said that you were the person to talk to about X. Oh, somebody he knows. It lowers that barrier. It changes it from a cold call to a warm intro situation. And the percentages on those are much higher. Again, we're talking about statistics, 1%, 2%. Can you raise those to three or four? If you yeah. get to 10%. 
world-class SDR, you're going to be promoted into management or an AE role within six to nine months. And they can't do anything to stop you because you're going to be that good. So hopefully this helps make you get helps uh, make prospecting simple for you and closing predictable, but it's been SalesCast podcast. We'll catch you guys next week. Thank you.